Have you ever felt disappointed, frustrated, or heartbroken? My friend, you are not alone. Our guests created a space and support group to connect over life's challenges. This safe space is called Heartbroken Anonymous. She's a TV host, co-host and producer of I Don't Get It podcast. She's an entrepreneur and seasoned producer who launched a career with the Ellen DeGeneres show and also the E-Network. She went on to produce five seasons of ABC's number one primetime series, The Bachelor Franchise. As you listen to this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate this podcast on any of your favorite platform. Thank you. Welcome to the show, Nas. How are you doing? I'm so good, Toby. <laughs> Thank this you so much. I feel so blessed to be here. So thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so delighted to be speaking with you. Like, um, you know, for the topic we're going to talk about, I'm so excited to learn so much from you, to know so much about it. And also reading about everything you've done so far, I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. This is amazing. So for me, it's also a blessing to have you right here, right now. <laughs> Oh, nice to hear. Thanks. Thanks for connecting virtually all the way from LA. Um, yeah, and I just want to like, I want us to start with talking about you. Like, um, I find it so amazing how your life journey and career journey has been so far. Like, you know, working with um, Ellen DeGeneres to working with the E-Network, Real, The Bachelor, Frandango, Rotten Tomatoes, and so on. Like, so many wonderful, amazing things you've done. So... Can we just get to know who Nas is shortly? Can we get to know who you are and how your trailblazing journey has been so far? Yeah, I am uh, someone who I'm, I went to college and I graduated from college in 2012 and I wanted to go into television. And so I majored in broadcast journalism. And what I did is in, I knew I wanted to be a host but I went into producing first and I love producing. And like you said, I, I started out as an intern or PA on the Ellen DeGeneres show. From Ellen, I went to working at E! Uh, in their True Hollywood Story Department, which was this documentary series that was really big at the time. Yeah. And in their live events department, which puts on, they live broadcast from all the big red carpets in LA, you know, the Oscars, the Grammys, the SAGs. Yeah. And then I worked at E! for two years and then I got laid off and I went to work on The Bachelor, which is a dating reality show. Mm -hmm. And for two years, I was producing and traveling around the world and learning how to talk and interview people about love and heartbreak. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bachelor is a pretty big show here in the States. Yes, and yes. I know there's a bunch of different franchises around the world, too, which I think is so cool. But I've always been fascinated by love and, and how it motivates people to do certain things. And as someone who hadn't really had love or had luck in love, I should say myself, I, uh, I loved working on The Bachelor. But after a certain point in 2017, I was like, I moved to LA to be a TV host. I really got to give this a shot. So I ended up leaving The Bachelor to pursue my dream of being a host on camera. Yeah. And I got a job with the Los Angeles Dodgers, which is the baseball team here in LA. And from there, I, I worked at Fandango, which owns Rotten Tomatoes, who I still work for. And now full circle, I'm doing on-camera stuff at E! instead of producing at E!, which has been a dream come true. Yes. 
Um, in addition to hosting a podcast, just like you do called, I don't get it with my friend who was on the bachelor. I was wow. her producer. Yeah. And in the middle of all that, somewhere along the line in 2016, I started a support group for people that are heartbroken called heartbroken anonymous. So currently that's kind of all the, all the balls I have in the air that I'm juggling. Um, and that I love. While going through your work, I was like, wow, um, <laughs> you're so, you so, such an expert, like with producing different shows, different things. You know how to interview a lot of people. You've met with a lot of celebrities over there. And I'm like, um, you're going to speak with Toby today. And I'm like, I'm going to take some notes from you. Afterwards, you're going to give me some notes and tell me, oh, Toby, this is how you interviewed me. It's supposed to be done like this. <laughs> give me some, That's so funny. <laughs> give me some LA or some, or some international standard Um ways of interviewing people basically yeah you know what's funny about you saying that is I think what I've learned here I think in my career I would always I think it's always good to study people that come before you that you admire you know Mm. but I think I learned the key is to actually really not try and just be like someone else and to really actually go insular and own who you are and how you would ask a question. And so the way you interview is already perfect and amazing because of your upbringing and who you are and what you care about, you know, and what you, what questions come, just come out of you naturally. And I think that's the key to being an awesome interviewer is really just knowing yourself and asking a question that other people wouldn't ask because they're not you. Mm, you know that's true yes i love that yes just be yourself and bring your personality into your work yeah but it's it sounds so cliche and i remember coming up people would always say just be yourself just be yourself and i'm like okay but like i didn't really get it Mm -hmm. and i think now in my 30s i'm i'm like oh why is it so hard to be myself yeah why is it so hard to be naz and i think a lot of hosts will sit in a chair and they'll pretend it's like you don't need to pretend to be Toby when you sit in your chair but a lot of people pretend to be Toby or pretend to be Naz and I have to often remind myself just be Naz (laughs) 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 you don't have to pretend to be yourself you just be yourself and and that's kind of hard to do actually and it's kind of crazy that it's hard to do but it is yeah, that's true. You're very right. That's correct. But just just be yourself and yes, just do your best, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love exactly. that. Yeah. But you know, I, I would just love us to talk about this space that you've created, this safe space that you've created for those who are struggling and those who need connection or need people to relate to it when they are going through difficult situations, especially um, at break. Like, I, as I was saying before we started recording, for me, this was the first time I ever heard about it. When I was reading about it, I was like, wow. So there's, I know about AA, I know about, um, yeah, different, you know, kind of um, anonymous groups that you can go to, but for at break, I was like, surprised. So can you share more about at Broken Anonymous, what inspired you to start it? Yeah, well, thank you for saying that because I was also shocked it didn't exist when <laughs> I was wanting to start it. But yeah. Heartbroken Anonymous was born out of me leaving, working on The Bachelor and being unemployed and wanting to date, wanting to find love. And also just, I had really equated my happiness with success. And so, um, so you know, especially here in the United States, so much of what people ask you instead of like, who are you or what are your interests is what do you do? Mm. 
And so for me, when I would tell people that I'm a producer on The Bachelor, people would be like, oh, that's so cool. So I remember having this moment where I left and I was like, oh, what am I now? You know, am I ever Mm going to work on a big show like that? Are people going to think I'm cool? It was all like external. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of like in a low vibrating place in general. And then I got a knock on my door from my neighbor who I hadn't really met. I met her like once or twice and she was going through a heartbreak. And I had this moment with her where she told me about her heartbreak and she was more comfortable telling me than her own friends and family. She was Mm -hmm. like, I just need to talk to like someone that's not my friends and family. And I was like, Oh, that why that's crazy. right? (laughs) I don't know who you are really. And you can't talk to your mom about this. And she was like, yeah, you know, my mom's going to tell me to move on or that I'm Mm -hmm. so much better. And I, and, it really sunk into me that they're really this concept of how we're more willing to tell strangers, how we actually feel about something is so real and how that there's such safety in that Mm. in being able to say whatever it is you want, you know, and not feel like you have to defend yourself or, Mm. you know, and, and it's unfortunate because our friends and family love us, you know, they're not doing it because they don't love us, but sometimes it's not the right thing to hear in that moment. And so I remember that moment and a couple months later Mm. I was dating someone and you know, I, it was very like, where are we together? Are we not together? And it was, it was that anxiety for like six months. And then, and then I got blindsided and it ended. And I was so, so I fell into an acute depression and I started going to therapy and therapy costs a lot of money. therapy is like 175, $200 a session. And I was like, I don't know a lot of people that have $800 a month to feel better, Mm -hmm. like to go every week. And I couldn't go every week. And so it was born out of my own heartbreak because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was having nightmares. And I was like, Whoa, this is really mentally consuming. Mm -hmm. It's kind of wild that if at least, and I can only speak for the United States, but it's kind of wild that here in the United States, if I'm physically sick, I can go to the doctor, go to the hospital, get a doctor's note. I can call my job yes. and I can tell them, Hey, I'm not feeling well. And they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, take a couple of days off. I have a doctor's note. Yes. But if you're dealing with mental or overwhelming distress, which by the way, is the official definition of heartbreak. A mm-hmm. lot of people, when we think of the word heartbreak, and I'm really trying to break the stigma, we think of a girl in bed, crying over a guy, eating candy, eating ice cream, but that is not what heartbreak is. The Mm -hmm. actual definition, if you Google it, is overwhelming distress. Anything can cause overwhelming distress. Racial injustice, a miscarriage, losing your dog, being in a fight with your friend, um, the loss of a family member, a job, a dream, Mm -hmm. any of these things can cause heartbreak. The list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, if any of those things happen, like if you have a miscarriage or your dog dies, you're, we, we just expect people to wake up the next day and resume life. Yeah. Just move on. And why is there no doctor's note for that? Mm -hmm. And then I would do research because I was like, this is so painful. Yeah. And I discovered that the same part of your brain that lights up when you're going through physical pain is the Mm -hmm. same part of your brain that lights up when you're going through emotional pain. So I was like, Oh, wow. So, so feeling heartbreak can literally feel like someone punching you in the gut. People die of heartbreak. It's called broken heart syndrome. And how is there nowhere to go if you can't afford like therapy to feel better? And so I started, I I started to think, wouldn't it be cool if there were a bunch of strangers around that could talk to each other 
remind themselves they're not alone and sort of just talk about heartbreak in a free, safe space. And so that's where the idea of Heartbroken Anonymous came to be. It's not a 12-step program like AA or, you know, it's not, I'm not really in the, in the business of fixing your heartbreak. I'm in the relief business. And so I have found that when you come and you sit in a circle, there's no crosstalk or we're doing them on zoom too Mm -hmm. now since the pandemic. So anyone from the world can join. We do two meetings a month, one in person in LA and two virtual meetings. Okay. And you can just come and listen if you want, you don't even have to share or you come and you can share, you can remind yourself you're not alone. Because sometimes when heartbreak, when we're experiencing heartbreak, we feel like it's happening to us. We can't see anything else. From watching the videos that I've found online on YouTube, for example, like listen to the testimonies of people, it's like it's really up a lot of people who have gone through maybe heartbreak from loved ones, for example, or from uncle passing away. I watched one of a guy that his uncle passed away, or maybe you know um, someone that you went on on a date with before and you are open that or you are going out together with like your story and you believe that oh this should end up to be this person should end up to be my wife or my husband or something but it's you know went the other way around and that could cause outbreak also so it, it was so educative for me I would advise everyone out there to to put them um, visit the website at brokenanonymous.com and um, you know just watch the videos just to know how it feels like and also if you are available on Zoom you could join the the meetings sometime and twice a month and also if you are you are in LA or in the US and you can and have the time to visit and just, you know, listen to people's story, listen to how people are vulnerable and just, you know, be relatable with them. That's going to be lovely. It's a wonderful experience, I believe. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And we're having a meeting on Valentine's Day and we typically do meetings close to holidays or on holidays because that can also be a very triggering day for people. Um, yeah. You know, it could be your first Christmas without your mother. Mm. It could be a Valentine's Day since you've gotten divorced or you just you're going through a breakup or you're still in a relationship and you feel alone. So, um, yeah, just want to let people know uh, that we have a meeting on Valentine's Day. I found something fascinating when I was reading about your I was reading your interview that you had with um, Forbes.com. I think you were interviewed by Rebecca Bastian. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you got to a point where, you, where she asked you a question and you said you are you are grateful about your first real break up or your first real art, um, art break. And I was like, wow, how, how, what made you grateful about it? Like, how, what, how did this break up influence your life in order to make you so grateful about it right now? Yeah, thank you for that beautiful question. I love it. And it took me a long time to not feel hatred or anger, or angst or disdain towards someone that broke my heart. And this was back in 2017. And I didn't realize at the time after having done a lot of inner work that I really didn't love myself. And I was like depending on someone else for my happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, But to answer your question in a different way, I am so grateful for that heartbreak because had I never experienced that, I would have never started Heartbroken Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And I think what we tend to forget when it comes to heartbreak is that it heartbreak breaks your heart open and it's a beautiful way to come into loving yourself again. And it Mm. really, it really, really is like you, you just learn how to love yourself even more or you love, like you love what you had and you learn when this is, I'm speaking in romantic relationship terms, you love what you had, but you learn 
you're grateful for the experience because maybe it taught you something that you don't want or that you do want in the future. Mm. It's always just adding to the richness and experience of your life and what is to come around the corner. And um, one of the requirements for membership in Heartbroken Anonymous, and actually the only requirement is to have hope. And so hope is a faith that good can be derived from painful situations and lead to personal growth. Mm. And so I truly believe that that we can grow ourselves and learn to love ourselves through heartbreak. And I think that's sort of the beautiful, crazy side of it where months later, years later, you're like, oh, wow, if that never happened, you know, this would have never happened or I would have never been like this or I would have never realized this about myself. And my heartbreak, aside from starting Heartbroken Anonymous, the reason why I'm so grateful for it is because I became conscious and aware that I I was playing victim my whole life. I just wasn't conscious. You know, I wasn't responsible of my own feelings and the role I was playing in my own life. And that heartbreak really led me on a journey to to learn why, why I like emotionally unavailable people. Why mm. am I, why am I, <laughs> why am I attracting these type of people into my life? Yeah. At a certain point, I had to wake up to the fact that it was a lot of it was me mm. and all these like underlying beliefs I had maybe of unworthiness. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't, or maybe I still don't think that I'm worthy of like this great love, you know, and yes. it wasn't, I'm just so, so grateful for that first heartbreak because it, it got me on my path of self-discovery. Whenever we experience something bad in life, it gives us that opportunity to grow, like you said, like it gives us, it opens our eyes to see things that we are we have never seen before in our lives or to know ourselves in a way we have never known before. And it could be very painful. It could be very, you know, um, heartbreaking. But, um, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it opens a window or a door. Like I read something like when you crack a heart or something like that, it opens, it opens a hole in which allows light to pass through it or something to, you know, to illuminate your to illuminate your heart and illuminate the inner parts, but that that breaking of the of the hole or, or creating of the hole in your heart could you know cause pain, cause cry, but you allow lights to flow through it and you become a much better person after the miserable experience. Basically, yeah, 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 it's hard, it's painful, man, and that's yeah. why I want people to know there's a space they can go to to help yeah. them, and it's not instead of therapy, it's just in addition, it's just another resource where you can go and talk to people who are going through what you're going through or feeling what you're feeling. Even if it's not, even if you're going through a divorce mm-hmm. and someone lost their dog, it's like, it's still a shared sort of pain of heartbreak that that person can understand yes. you know, the loss of something. And you're absolutely right. I love what you said about the window. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it really is just a step forward. For people out there who are very interested, I would love to, you know, join. Do they just have to go to your website, then just um, sign up and they will get the link to the Zoom meeting or the venue for the next uh, meeting? Or how does it go? Yeah, thank you for asking that. So the so our meetings are always on Thursdays, unless, of course, they're on like Monday, like a Valentine's Day. But our meetings are Thursdays, our virtual ones at least, mm. on Zoom. And signups for the meetings open the Sunday before. Uh-huh. So if you go to our website, heartbrokenanonymous.com, 
at the top of our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. Mm. And I highly recommend signing up for the newsletter. And every Sunday, you'll get an email telling you when the meeting opens or when mm. the signups are open for that Thursday. Yeah. But they're always on Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Um, but of course, you know, the goal is to grow Heartbroken Anonymous to be a thing all around the world, you know, so, mm-hmm. so people in different time zones, cause I know right now for you, it's like crazy late. <laughs> um, yeah. It would be cool to, you know, I am working on expanding and getting more ambassadors to host different meetings. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, currently right now it's in person in LA, which I'm trying to build again, which is tough because since the pandemic, you know, yes. a lot of people just want to come on Zoom, which is great. It's great to have both, you know. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, a, yeah. that's very true. So I'm going to place this question like this. So I have, I have an imaginary friend. I have a friend and this friend is a very shy person, but he or she wants to, you know, speak to a stranger like with, with HBA, for example, but does not want to sit in a group. Do you have that kind of service also to, you know, have one-on-one or smaller circles to just speak? Because some people are very, very shy in, in big circles and they, they feel like they don't feel in their element too, or they don't feel the, the comfort to be able to speak or open up in big circles. But maybe when there are two people or, or just one person, do you have that kind of service for people like that? I love that question. Um, I don't currently, but that's a great thing to start thinking about. Mm. What's really amazing about the Zoom format, Toby, is that now it's even more anonymous where you can not put your camera on. Mm. You could change your name in the Zoom if you wanted. Yes. And you don't have to share. So sharing is encouraged, but it's not required. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes a lot of people come to a meeting first, they'll just listen Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll come back to another meeting and then feel like they'd like to share. But what's really interesting is that a lot of people come to the meeting thinking that they're not going to share. And then what you'll realize is once one person opens up, It kind of like, you kind of want to share too. It feels good. Um, It feels good to be able to just say whatever you want. You know, like people come to meetings. I'll never forget a woman came to a meeting and she was like, my fiance broke up with me and no, oh no, I'm sorry. My husband like ended things with me. No one in my life knows that we were married because everyone told me that he just wanted a green card. And I married him anyway, didn't tell anyone in my life. Yeah. And it turns out that it was kind of true. And now I'm grieving. Like she's so sad. Can you imagine not being able to just be who you are and feel what you feel in your life? Yeah. And so she's like, I, this is the only place I can come and just say that Mm. and just Mm. say like, I'm so sad. I lost this person. I'm dealing with this grief. Uh, that's just one example, but there's many, you know, there's people that are, are in affairs with people that are married Mm. and that can be really painful too, you know? Mm. Yes. There's people that have come that aren't over people that they dated 25 years ago and they're embarrassed or they feel ashamed to say that to their friends and family. Mm. And in my eyes, there's no algorithm to a breakup. Like if you're sad, you're sad. You should be able to say it out loud. Yes. And like how silly that we live in, in a world and society where sometimes we can't even feel our feelings, mm-hmm. you know, or, or be honest with our feelings. And so creating a space where you could just come and say whatever you want. A lot of the time people think they don't want to share, or maybe they're too scared to share. And of course you never have to share, but yeah. it it is, 
it is such a safe space that you may come and feel inclined to share. Place where you could just come and share whatever you want to share without being judged or having that fear of being, you know, judged or labeled as something bad or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dear friend, you can grow your personal and business brand by creating a strong network through podcasting. Create real human connections, have the ability to share your story and interesting point of view. To get started, you can make use of the special offer for friends of this podcast, which is on kitcaster.com slash mirror. K-I-T-C-A-S-T-E-R dot C-O-M slash M-I-R-R-O-R. The link and further instruction or details will be found in the show notes for this episode. Thank you. Don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you listen to this on. Thank you. So apart from now, I know now I know about HPA. Now I know about um, Heartbroken Anonymous. Are there like some other helpful, useful methods of getting through or recovering from heartbreaks out there? How can I, you know, let go of those feelings and feel free again and be able to live life without having to be hot or sad or disappointed? Yeah. So what's interesting about your question is I'm. So I want to say first and foremost, I'm not someone that I don't like to give advice only mm. because. Heartbroken Anonymous isn't a space where you're going to get advice. I found that like sometimes people just want to say what they want, but I obviously do want people to heal on their own and do what's best for them. So I'm only answering this question personally as Naz and like what's worked for me, Um, not as like the founder of Heartbroken Anonymous. (laughs) But for me, like, I don't know, when it comes to dealing with heartbreak, I think one, Mm. surround yourself with people or like come to groups and, and, I think radical acceptance is a big part of heartbreak. Mm. I think accepting it, right? And sitting yes. with it and actually not trying to avoid it. I'm so anti like how do you get over it quick and you know like all this stuff and I I say don't. I say feel it mm. because if life was happy all the time it would be boring and it's that variety, it's this sadness that yeah. tells that shows you what you do want. It's necessary to the human experience to Mm -hmm. feel these things so that you can a grow or know what you do want. It's a guidance. It's like that, that angst is going to guide you, I think Mm -hmm. to your next destination, wherever that is. And so I don't think I don't, I don't like to ignore it. I'm some, I love feeling feelings. I love crying. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the human experience. And I love being sad because being sad um, enables me to be really happy other days, yeah. you know, and, and knowing what it is. So I think one, but I think obviously, you know, getting out there and going on walks and moving your body and, and surrounding yourself with people going through the same thing mm-hmm. and just giving yourself grace and allowing yourself time to grieve. Mm-hmm. So many people come and they're like, Oh, I'm so mad. I, I, you know, me and him broke up six months ago and I cried yesterday. And mm-hmm. it's just, remember that healing is not linear. That's true. Healing is like, it's zigzag, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and it's, so, and that's okay. And you judging yourself and shaming yourself for crying a year or 20 years later, mm-hmm. I think makes it worse. That's true. That's very and true. I thank my body. I, you know, if I cry, I'm like, oh, thank you for telling me that I'm still sad about this. That's really good information. Mm. What does that mean? Maybe that means that I really want love right now. I don't know. This is me speaking in hypothetical. Yeah. 
but it's, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And I, I remember hearing this quote on the show called WandaVision on Disney plus, because I love Marvel and vision. Who's a superhero says this quote to Wanda because she's grieving the loss of him. And he says, what is grief if not love persevering? Hmm. And so I love that line because it really just is love. Yes. Right. Yes. And when you miss, when you miss something, I think what you're really missing is alignment with yourself. Mm. Like I would use an excuse. Um, I don't know. Let's say like, I really wanted this guy to like me yes. because I love loving and I love giving love. Mm-hmm. And if that guy isn't liking me, then I can't give love. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, but you can, right. Yeah. I'm just yes. using that person as an excuse to be love, to be in alignment with who I am. I can be love every day I wake up. So like you said, it's totally correct. Like it's better for you to sit down and just leave that feeling and just, you know, allow it, process it actually and accept it for what it is and see how you could grow from it. And maybe if it's something that is bad, how you could avoid it in, in the future, how you could become a better person out of it and, and avoid it totally in life, I believe. Yeah, but I love what you said, processing it. It's like, turn it into art. Yeah. Like, write a song, write a poem, write a yeah. letter that you never send. Yes. You know, yes. like it's process it so that when, and again, I'm speaking just of romantic love, but this mm. could be anything. But when that next person comes down the line, you're you're closer to being healed and being open. Yes. The big thing that happens to people going through heartbreak is your heart closes. And you can feel your heart closing. Your heart's an instrument. Mm. You can feel it closing when someone's around and they kind of like you, but you don't know if you're ready yet, you know? Mm. But if you process it, you may be more open to to allowing more love in later on. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So if someone approaches you now and asks, um, now it's okay, I'm ready to process my feelings now. I'm ready to open up. I'm ready to be vulnerable, to speak with other people about it. But I'm not sure how a support group um, can help me heal my broken heart. How would you, what would you tell that person? Yeah. Well, I would say you're absolutely right. Mm. I am not in the healing business. I am <laughs> in the relief business, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I am here to just, or not me, Heartbroken Anonymous is here to give you a space to, to grieve, mm-hmm. to just feel it all and, and to not feel ashamed about feeling it. Because yes. that's something we all do, which makes no sense. Like I shouldn't, and I do it all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed, mm-hmm. you know, or like you dated someone and they met and you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And it's yeah. like, what about just being sad about it? Yeah. Now on top of being sad, you're embarrassed about being sad. <laughs> so I would just say, you know, it's we're just here to help you process. I'm not here to tell you what to do or give you advice, but maybe mm. you can meet someone or a friend that can help you get through it, yeah. you know, and yeah. remind you that you're not alone. Because mm. I, I say this all the time. We're in a loneliness epidemic. People That's are true. lonely. The UK administered a minister of loneliness. Mm. One in four Americans live alone. Mm. And it doesn't mean that because you live alone, you're lonely, but I don't think people are talking about loneliness enough. And I think behind addiction and violence and heartbreak is loneliness. That's true. Yes. And so we don't have real community anymore, which is why 
I'm just letting people know this is a community you can go to when you're feeling overwhelming distress. Yes. You don't you, have to do it alone. That's true. Exactly. We're not, we, should not, we don't have to do it alone. We don't, yeah, we're not alone, basically. And you mentioned loneliness, you know, brought this question into my mind. Like, you know, there's currently a pandemic going on. And a lot of people just feel heartbroken by the way, um, with the way things are going on right now, like maybe with the government or just because there's a pandemic, basically, and we have to sit at home most of the time. And you just feel heartbroken, sad, disappointed about it. So for people going through this kind of, you know, process or heartbrokenness, um, what, what can, how can they heal from it? How can they recover from something that's ongoing currently and is, you know, making them sad every day they wake up? Like they wake up every morning and they're like, heartbroken, oh my God, this is... Yeah. Yeah. When you find out the answer, please call me and tell me. Because <laughs> I'll tell you as somebody who lives alone, mm. who is single, um, and and I was most of the pandemic, mm. it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Mm. I had never felt so alone in my entire life. I couldn't fly and see my family. Mm. Some of my family had different political views than me. They thought about the pandemic differently. Mm. I felt isolated from them. Um, I couldn't see friends. Some of my friends have autoimmune diseases. So, you know, I couldn't even risk getting close to them. It's true. And it's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. There's so many people out there right now that are alone in isolation. And it was already... It was already bad enough to go through heartbreak, but to now have to go through it isolated and alone is compounding, which is why I went virtual with Heartbroken Anonymous. Mm. But in retrospect, I think what I'm hearing from, and this isn't a statistic, but from what I've witnessed and what people have said out loud and what I've observed in meetings is that now because of of the pandemic, people are facing their heartbreak head on when I guess in the past or pre pre COVID-19, they would just distract themselves and maybe process it months later. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, so, you know, there's a, there's always a silver lining and yeah. maybe that's it. I don't yeah. know. That's but true. yeah, when you get the answer, let me know. Cause it is, <laughs> uh, it is extremely lonely and isolating. And I think the first yeah. step is just admitting you're lonely and not being ashamed about it. That's true. Yeah. Not going to be embarrassed to say I'm lonely. <laughs> no, no. You know, and and I think we need to stop acting like loneliness is is a is a virus. You know, no, it's, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, because people don't want to go near people that are lonely. Yes, they or admit believe- they're lonely, and that's that's part of the problem too. And so mm. you can come to Heartbroken Anonymous. Yes. It is an anti-lonely lonely club. Ah, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Like you just join a community, and you have people that that you are relatable to and you could just speak with them and yes, just feel at, um, you know, at home and alive, basically. Yeah. And is, is, it, is it ever possible for us to prevent or protect ourselves from outbreaks? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's built into the human experience mm-hmm. and condition and not to get too existential, but I think if life, I think life needs that variety. So, you know, so you can pick preferences. Yeah. I don't know. I think if we were all happy, right. And there was never any heartbreak Mm. or we never got sad. I don't, I think everybody would be really bored. That's true. Yes. I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's just a card we're all dealt with. I don't think, well, number one, no one gets out alive Mm. and no one does, no one does not experience 
not heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. My own words. No, yes. no one escapes it. Everyone has felt rejection. Mm. So yeah, it's just, a, it's a matter of figuring out what are you learning from it? Mm-hmm. That's true. Or, or are you letting it hold you back? That's, that's a very valid point. Like I know sometimes it could hold you back. Like, you know, the, the fear of um, being heartbroken could hold you back from taking a step or, you know, action basically. Like, you know, sometimes you want, maybe let's make it romantic. Sometimes you want to go out on a date or you are looking at someone you're interested in and you're just having a fear of approaching the person or you don't go out on a date with the person because you might think it might end after this first date or second date and yeah, you'll be heartbroken afterwards. Then you decide to cancel the date basically. Then that that's that's a fear of um, being heartbroken. Then you just let it go. But then later you see this person with a different person, and you feel heartbroken because you didn't go on, out on a date with that person initially. Like you, there's no way you can, can avoid um, avoid the heartbreak there, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, I mean, dating's hard, and it can be fun, and it's all about your perspective and energy, right? And it's mm. about just like you said, being open. Yeah. I am so I was reading this book called the untethered soul, which I haven't finished yet, but it's by Michael a singer, I believe. And I think everyone in the world should read this book. And it is incredible because he talks about what I was alluding to earlier is that the heart is an instrument, but unlike other instruments, like musical instruments in life that we Mm. hear, you can feel the heart. You can Mm. feel the heart. And so he talks about how, let's say you're on a date. He doesn't say this, but when someone says something that you don't like, yes. he says you can feel it closing, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember being on a date with someone and they said something where I was like, oh, I don't think I want that in my future person, right? Like my brain. Mm-hmm. And I noticed my heart closing. Ooh, yeah. And I think we should be more aware of that. We should be more aware of when we close our hearts and, mm. and maybe we should keep it open more. Yeah. Yeah. We should be <laughs> more, more open-minded. Yeah. 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 And it's not about avoiding heartbreak because it's going to happen. It's about being okay with that being a part of life. Mm. That's right? true. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And just continuing to love ourselves and, and find, you know, what it is we're meant to learn about ourselves and, and about love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's scary. It's scary. So many people, and I, and I, I'm not, I hope I'm not coming off holier than thou. I'm speaking as someone who's been single almost all my life. I'm turning yeah. 32 soon. And yeah, like it's, it's scary getting rejected. It's the worst. But then when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's so silly. I'm scared to have this conversation. I'm scared to ask for clarity. I'm scared to go on this date all because I just don't want to feel rejected. It's just a feeling. That's, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Like we're we are holding ourselves back from from figuring out so much or discovering or or not going for the thing that we want, whether mm. it's a person or a job, yeah. just because we're scared of a feeling. Mm. That's true. But what if we welcomed rejection? What if we were like, hey, rejection, come to the table. It's okay. Like you're a part of all these other emotions, like happiness. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. and we can feel all them at different times and it's okay. Yes. The, the, and that we open ourselves up to more opportunities, basically, to b- bigger things, probably. Yes. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we're all just pure love, I, I believe. Mm. Mm. That's true. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So um, I find it's wonderful also, like you worked on The Bachelor, like you produced um, The Bachelor for two years. And, you know, this, this show is about, you know, love and dating and all that kind of um, wonderfulness, I would say. Yeah. So um, did your experience with the show um, change the way you see and understand the concept of love? Hmm, that's a good question. I think it opened my eyes to how, how people love. Mm. I know often when people ask just a question, what do you think love is or have you ever been in love? And mm. when I think of that first heartbreak that led me to start Heartbroken Anonymous, I remember thinking, oh, that wasn't real love. Mm. But then I went back on it and I was like, oh no, that was real love because that was what I thought love was at the time, Yeah. right? Like it was yeah. what I thought love was to be at that in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think I learned how people love and how love motivates people to do certain things. And that to me is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like I work for the Dodgers baseball team and mm -hmm. it's fascinating to me to see a person, let's say it's a, a man who grew up loving the team mm -hmm. And then he married someone and now she's a fan, you know, <laughs> yes. but she had nothing to do. She didn't grow up with it. Mm. That that's just love, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's you're true. A fan. And so how love motivates us to move across the country mm. or root for a sports team to me has always been so, so fascinating. Yes. Uh, Yes. But as far as what love is, I think that's different to all of us, right? And it's yeah. and it's dependent on how evolved you are and how much you love yourself. Mm. But how how would you define love in your own in your own world, in your own with your own experience? How would you define love? Mm, I love that question. I think the word that popped up in my head was acceptance. Mm. And but acceptance sounds kind of harsh. I think it's just like the loving and acceptance and embracing of how things are in the moment and of yourself yeah. at all times. I don't know. I think when I fully love myself, no excuses, mm. you know, not like, oh, I just love myself when I'm not bloated or when my hair is long. Yeah. I have nothing to hide, nothing to prove. Mm. And I am just accepting and embracing and loving the moment that I'm in. Yes. With myself and who I'm with. I think mm. that is love. Uh, yeah, I, don't I don't think dating someone or being around someone and saying and wanting to change them is love. Mm. You know? Yes. It's just full acceptance of who they are and who you are in a moment. I yes. Think. When you say when you say love, love is just yeah, like you said, accepting a person for the flaws, for the beauty, for the ugliness, for everything that the person is. But and also everything exactly. I think that is that is I think that's love, yeah. What is love to you? So for me, I I, I think love is for example, um the ability to 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 give without um, receiving back, for example, the ability to to serve, for example, without having to get get paid for it or being recognized for it, or the ability to yeah. So basically, love is just you know it's 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 relative and it depends on how you see it basically. So I believe love is like yeah, just being kind without accepting or without expecting kindness back from anybody basically just being I think I like your definition better than mine and I think you're absolutely spot on I think it's mm. I think it's giving I think it's being love right yes exactly I think love is what we are mm. 
Yes, that's true. Yeah. If you don't let all the other stuff get in the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So is it possible for for us to know um, when we've truly fallen in love with somebody? Is that possible? I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't been in a long-term relationship. So I, mm. think, I think it's very important for me to be transparent. Yes. Not that that means that I haven't experienced love. Mm. Um, I think, like I was saying before, I think love is what you think it is mm-hmm. in the moment, you know? Yeah, yes, that's true. Yes. What's your answer to that question? Uh, yeah, that, that's a very big question and a good question. That's why I'm asking you actually. So, <laughs> like, you know, I've been, what are your thoughts on it? I, I'm weary of people that have all the answers. So I, I never try and act like I know. It's just what I exactly. think. Yes, that, I believe that. Yeah, that's why we're having this, this conversation also, just to, to learn from each other basically. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes, like when you said, when for example, when you said love is acceptance, like I was like, yeah, of course, I I can see I can see how love is acceptance also, and that's why yeah, and when you said oh yeah, you're not sure if that's the answer, I'm like I can I can see what you mean by love is acceptance. Yeah. Yes, so I, I I believe when you say um, when someone say, when you say someone um has truly fallen in love with someone, I believe it's just when going back to the definition, just accepting the person for. Um, who the person is like not being disgusted by you know the flaws and everything um, um you know still liking the person or loving or loving the person the same way when the person has everything in abundance and when the person has nothing i believe that at that point um or um still finding someone attractive um when the person is in the you know worst state ever basically uh, or you know when person says anything or offends you in a in a particular way, not uh, find that person um, you know appealing at that moment. Yeah, I believe that's that at that moment you've probably fallen in love with the person or truly. Well, maybe, but now I'm thinking like now I'm going back because I'm like, well, someone could be accepting of their boss at work, uh-huh. you know, yeah. good and bad parts, mm. but not love them. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't know, you know what I mean? It's yes, it definitely. Yes. I think this is why we love talking about it because love is this nuanced thing and feeling. And I think to go back to your question, how do you know when you're in love with someone? Mm. I think it's like an inner knowing. Mm. It's like this gut. It's just, you just feel it. And it's this unexplainable thing. And that's why we're all so fascinated by it. I think when you're aligned and you love yourself, you're just, you're just pure love at the core. Mm. And I think that's when you're in alignment. It has been so awesome, you know, learning about heartbreak and, and love with you. I, I love the fact that we were able to, you know, analyze love a little bit. That, that was so beautiful. Like, open my eyes a little bit to to see other parts and aspects of love also and to realize that, yeah, it's, it has a lot of definition. Love has different sides to it, basically. <laughs> and, it's a, and I love your question because I think I'm going to think about it forever and always. <laughs> how do I define love? What is love? And yeah. I think what's so beautiful is that that could change for me tomorrow. Yeah, and if, that's we, true. if we had, if we sat down a year from now, we could be like, Oh, we didn't know what we were talking about. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is what I love it. And that's, what's so beautiful is that it's just, it's so personal. Yes. You could, wake, you could wake me up tomorrow morning and I'll tell you something entirely different. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. But you know, I'm among, you know, all the awesome things that you do, you co-host, um, I don't get it podcast where you talk about relationships, you talk about men, you talk about sex, you talk about a lot of things. Can you tell me more about this podcast of yours and what should listeners look forward to? Yeah, of course. So me, so 
my friend Ashley Iconetti and her sister Lauren Iconetti were on The Bachelor and mm. I that was the show that I produced on. Yes. And when we both weren't were working on the show or on the show, mm. uh, her and I, Ashley and I became really close and neither of us had had a boyfriend. Mm. And we were like, when did we start it? We we're like 27 or 28 or 29. <laughs> yeah. And um, and we were just, someone approached her to do a podcast and they were like, we well, have to come up with a name and what do you want to call it? And what do you want it to be about? And she asked me to co-host it with her. And I was like, well, every day we're in the car and we're just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> we're just saying, I don't get it. Yeah. And we did our first episode on how we don't get how girls get boyfriends. Cause we were 27 or 28. We hadn't had luck. And we released the episode and it gets like 11 on, on iTunes. Wow. And we got so many messages from people around the country who also were in our age bracket, who had mm. also never had a boyfriend before. Mm. And so that's how I don't get it was born. But we talk about so many things we don't get. Um, <laughs> but not in a way of like where we're experts, where we bring people on just to sort of like understand or you know, whatever it is, or otherwise it's just us three complaining about yeah. things like, you know, airplane stuff. <laughs> it doesn't yes. make sense at the airport. We don't get it. So yeah. yeah, you can, um, so it's me, Ashley and Lauren. We've been doing it for four years now, which is wow. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were doing it before. I think people really got into podcasts or at least like months or a year before, mm. but, um, you can follow it anywhere where you can download podcasts like Spotify, Apple, but it's called I Don't Get It. Yes, please. I will encourage everyone to listen to it. I'm going to place also the link in the show notes. It's also on your website, nasperis.com. There's a tab or a page for the, the podcast also. And it's a very relatable, you know, easy, wonderful conversations with, between three ladies. Sometimes you have guests also with you and you just talk. You have a solo episode also. Like It's just like a very wonderful podcast to listen to thank you yes. so what, what advice would you give someone out there who is you know currently heartbroken who is expressing expressing so much emotional pain and does not see any way forward does not see any you know light at the end of the tunnel basically well i think that's a normal part of it right where mm. there's a part of it where i mean at least speaking personally i was just like how can i go on yeah that was me resisting you know, mm. and I think it's okay to be in that space for a little, yeah. right? Not forever, but like, oh, I don't like my life this way. This is <laughs> and I wanted it to be another way. And they yeah. were part of my plan mm. and like feel that, but you don't have to be in it forever. And my advice would be to, to come to Heartbroken Anonymous and hear other people's stories to remind yourself you're not alone and give yourself a different perspective and remind yourself to have hope. Mm. Like I yes. said, which is the faith that good can be derived from painful situations and lead to personal growth. I think the greatest quote I ever read was in this book called even cowgirls get the blues. Mm -hmm. And I love this line so much. And it was success eliminates as many options as failure. Mm -hmm. Success eliminates as many options as failure. And so I try and apply that to when I don't, when I'm not dating someone I want to date or when I don't get a job I want, I'm like, oh, if I would have dated that guy or if I would have gotten that job, 
what I'm not realizing is that would eliminate a million other options that I don't even know about yet. That's true. Yes. You know, that's true. what if there was someone more amazing around the corner? What if yeah. I would have got a 10 times better job with a bigger salary? Mm. And so we don't remember that. Sometimes we think the things we want success is like, oh, it worked out the way we wanted it to, mm. which is fine. But I think just remember success, getting what you want eliminates as many options as failure. As does. failure. Yes. Wow. That's a very wonderful closing notes and i'm going to also go and think about this also like success eliminates as many possible um, options as failure yes and also like what you said before that is very wonderful too like hope we have to have that hope that or that faith also that this phase of life that we are in that is not so conducive won't last forever we'll be out of it by the time we sit down with it with the thoughts by the time we process it accept it and you know we come out of it as a better person before we know it it's behind us this dark moment is not forever yeah. yeah. And can we approach life with a playful curiosity? Mm. And I love the word, I'll leave you with the word wonder. Uh, I love the word wonder because I'm always like, I wonder what's going to happen next. Uh, yes. You know, yes. and when you come at life from that, from that place of playful curiosity, it gets mm-hmm. a lot more fun. Yes. Yes. Just be playful and curious about life. Yeah. 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 And life's supposed to be fun. True. That's very true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it can be fun if you want it to be. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Wow. This is so wonderful. Um, I said Paris. So wonderful, Nas. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was How calling you by your last name. Your, How do you pronounce your last name? My last name is um from, from Nigeria. It is pronounced Ojekule. Like Ojekule. Yes, Ojekule. Yes, exactly. Yes. Ojekule. Toby yes. Ojekule. And exactly. what um language does your family speak in Nigeria? So um, officially, we, we speak English, like the, English, right? yes, yeah. yes. But we have like different, Nigeria has over 500 different languages, basically. That's, That's so yeah. cool. Yes, but my own mother, uh, mother's language or mother language is um, um, Yoruba. Yoruba. Yeah, Yoruba, exactly. Yes. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much. How so, do you say um, goodbye in Yoruba? Um, Odabo, we say Odabo. Odabo. <laughs> yes. But before we say before we say Odabo, I'm sure some someone is out there who would like to, you know, connect with you, maybe work yeah. more with you. What's the best way to do this? Totally. So if you want to come to a Heartbroken Anonymous meeting, go to heartbrokenanonymous.com, sign up mm. for our newsletter at the top of the website. If you have questions about Heartbroken Anonymous, shoot me an email at info at heartbrokenanonymous.com or follow us on Instagram at heartbroken underscore anonymous. And you can message me there or you can message me on my personal Instagram. I'd love to hear what you thought about this conversation or this podcast at Naz Perez. So it's at N-A-Z-P-E-R-E-Z on Instagram. Awesome. I'm going to place all of this information in the show notes of this episode also for everyone to just easily click on it or just copy it. Thank you so much, Nas. I really appreciate this wonderful conversation I had with you. Thank you, Toby. Audible. 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 <laughs> yeah. Audible. <laughs> so, Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Thank you. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Wow. You made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye.